Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks for downloading the John Kintura Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. Oh, doctor! Now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. All right, as we uh, get into hour number three, uh, Braden Soprano, Coach John Cantera, Rich Herrera, the whole gang down here, hugging and kissing one another at 97.3 The Fan, have a great time down here. And uh, we're going to get to a lot of phone calls this hour. Uh, we can go a variety of different directions. We can talk college. We could talk uh, uh, NFL. Looking forward to the game tonight. It should be a good game. I, I like Denver. I like Denver in this game tonight at home. They're playing really good football. Uh, they're doing a good job of putting heat on the opposing quarterback. Uh, they may get Patrick Mahomes and company tonight. Could be a, a wild, a woolly affair there uh, in Denver. Uh, by the way, there's a college football game tonight. Braden, how about this? You got UCLA and Stanford tonight on Thursday night football. We're talking about Friday night Pac-12. We've got Thursday night Pac-12. Yeah, you got a couple games today. You also got uh, Louisiana Lafayette uh, at Arkansas State too. For all the all of you that want to watch the uh, fun belt at four thirty on ESPNU. Hey, Detroit ended up winning that game last night. Did you check that score? Uh, no, uh, they yeah, were leading Troy, at halftime. Troy won thirty-seven to thirteen. Thirty-seven to thirteen in the uh, fun belt. Yeah, good uh, stuff, but uh, UCLA uh, taking on uh, Stanford. Hey, there was an article today, and I didn't see it, but I had someone tell me about it. UCLA, since Chip Kelly, check this out, Braden. Since Chip Kelly took over uh, at UCLA, there have been 63 players transfer out. Now, not all of those guys have been on scholarship. Some of them have been walk-ons, but 63 players. He's in his second year right now. 63 players have transferred out uh, because, uh, I guess, Chip Kelly – likes to hold people accountable and and, you know you can look at Chip Kelly and say well that's not good he's not you know the retention of players isn't good and you know he not uh, doing things what the players like hey you know what tough that tells me maybe Jim Moore was too light on those guys and now there's a guy in there that's got a a little bit higher standard of rules and uh and and asking for some accountability yeah that's i mean that's the way you run a good program i saw that when i you know worked with the uh the tcu uh football team yeah you worked with gary patterson for a few years gary patterson did not tolerate any uh funny business no funny business whatsoever if you're it didn't matter if you're a five-star four-star three-star recruit He'll tell you to get lost, and he'll tell you, we don't need you. Uh, we're we're going to keep chugging without you uh, if you're not going to play by his rules and, and play by the rules of uh, the team. And guess what? All the guys that end up staying in that program love Coach Patterson and always come back uh, uh, to visit um, it's Coach uh, you know Coach Patterson out there at TCU. But that that's how all the big-time programs are run, and all the ones that are good are run. I don't, I don't think Saban tolerates a lot of shenanigans at no, Alabama. I don't think so. I, I, I bet you he gets a lot of kids in there. Um, that uh, you know might not want they might not want to do their own thing and I think they're quickly uh, 
you know, shipped out if they don't want to do the, the, the uh, you know, the rules set by Nick Saban. And you see the same thing with the New England Patriots. How many guys go to the New England Patriots uh, that are, um, you know, mess up guys that they can't play for any of their team, and all of a sudden the Patriots turn them around into superstars and they abide by the Patriots rules? Uh, they are a stand uh, in unison uh, and they march together, right foot in front of left foot, and they just keep a marching when you play for Belichick or Saban, who, by the way, happen to be best friends. Boy, that's amazing. And then, okay, we're going to get back to your phone calls here in hour number three. We'll get back. Uh, I brought this up earlier, and we got a few phone calls on it. But, Braden, your thoughts. The Padres, and I've said it over and over, Jace Tingler's a really good baseball guy. He's a really good baseball guy. But he, it's not, his time is not right to be the manager of the San Diego Padres. If they're not going to hire Ron Washington, they're going to go a different direction. Jace Tingler can't be the hire that we're talking about. And, and by the way, we haven't got anything from the Padres today, so I guess they're not going to be holding a press conference here in the next 24 hours. But I would expect that to be on Monday. But, you know, again, uh, Jace Tingler, good baseball man. There's no question about him. We're not going to sit here and say this guy can't manage. It's just right now the timing right for our Padre ball club would not be right for him. He could be the best manager to ever walk this earth, but it's not time for him to be the Padres manager. I need a name. Sell me on a name. And, uh, you know, I like your idea, and I, I hope it comes to a flourishing of um, Ron Washington being the manager for a couple of years, Jace Tingler being the bench coach, and then Jace Tingler taking over. We could see what he could do as a manager once he develops experience and, uh, you know, he gets uh, integrated with the uh, San Diego Padres clubhouse. I, I, I like that move uh, especially, um, you know, a little bit better than, you know, other moves of hiring guys that have never been a manager before, but I like the Ron Washington move. I think it's going to drastically help uh, Padres infield that's very talented. Who knows what they could be turned into with Ron Washington uh, behind the helm, and they, they need a guy that's been there before. He's been to two World Series. Granted, they lost two of those World Series with the Texas Rangers when he was there, but I need a name. I need a guy. It sounds like they're not going to go get a Showalter or Girardi or a Socha, and uh, they're, they're all in on Ron Washington. I'm in on Ron Washington, but I need a name. All right, let's get back to the phones. You want to dial me up, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter at 97.3thefansd, 97.3thefansd. My personal Twitter account, at CoachCantera44. Always enjoy hearing from you great fans out there in our listening audience. Adrian in Sarah Mesa, you're next up with Coach John Cantera on a great Thursday. Adrian, how we doing? Hey, Coach, how's it, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Going well. long, long time no talk. Well, thank you. I appreciate the phone call. I hope everything's well in your world. Yeah, we're doing all right, doing all right. Uh, so, you know, I'm on Instagram here the other day, and uh looks like a Dan Patrick show. I know how much you just love how the Chargers left San Diego. <laughs> so uh, I thought of you right when I read this post. It says, the Dan Patrick's reporting that the Rams in the Charger Stadium in L.A. is currently $2.5 billion over the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, allegedly, the NFL wants the players to help cover their revenue. So my question to you is, do you think the players uh, should take a pay cut to help build the stadium? I think it's a mess, and I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to answer my own question. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. What do you What do you think about that? Absolutely not. Uh, the The players aren't the ones uh, that uh, wanted to put a stadium up there. I mean, that's Stan Kroenke and his people. Absolutely, players are, are no way, shape, or form uh, should have to be involved in paying for that stadium. Furthermore, you got players that weren't even with the the organization when they decided to build that stadium. So, no, that that's ridiculous. That that's asinine, actually. Right. So, and then my next thing to you would be, 
so what happens if they if they don't right they're over budget right so we're all assuming it's going to get finished but if it doesn't where do the chargers go and play and uh where do do the rams go back to st louis do the rams go play at the old oakland stadium if this thing isn't open on time, like what what happens with that? What do you think? Well, I think it's pretty simple. I think they stay uh, actually where they're at. I mean, the Chargers continue to play in that uh, uh, beautiful uh, soccer stadium in Carson, and uh, the Rams continue to play at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. I think that's pretty simple. I mean, the only other place really I think the Chargers could go would be to the Rose Bowl, and they'd probably have even less fans up there than they have in Carson, for that matter. <laughs> so how about that? Yeah, yeah, that's a trip. And you know the Olympics, the Olympics, we have the Olympics in what, 2028, right? So that makes it a trip if the Rams and the Chargers can't get this stadium built. Well, how does that work out? You know, because you know they're going to showcase the NFL stadium for the Olympics because it's, it's, it's virtually brand new. Adrian, don't so worry. You, do you know what, Adrian? Here's the deal. <laughs> they're they're going to get that stadium built, okay? You know, Kroenke oh, okay. uh, may right. have to not, uh, uh, you know, join a couple of uh, golf uh, uh, country clubs that year and pull back on, on some of his other things he does, but they're going to get that stadium done. And I think more All than anything right. else, I think Kroenke would like uh, Spanos to – uh, go somewhere else. I don't think he really wants the Chargers yeah. to be a part of that new stadium. So we'll see where it goes from there. But now they'll yep. get that stadium done uh, one way or the other. But uh, having the player uh, players uh, take a pay cut, that's ludicrous. That would never fly by yeah. the NFL Players Association either. Adrian, yeah. have a great day, my friend. Thanks for the call. Yeah, talk to you soon, Coach. All righty. Yeah, Braden, they'd have even less fans going up to uh, – uh, the Rose Bowl than they already have at Carson. Well, it, it's funny that Adrian brought that up. I saw that yesterday, and, and so what the proposal was is they're doing the owners' meetings down in Florida. Um, currently, the players get 47% of the revenue in the NFL. The NFL uh, owners want to propose an idea of, hey, we'll give you an extra 2% of revenue up to 49%, but they want a percentage of that to go to the NFL, sta- the new stadium in L.A. Again, $2.5 billion over budget of the stadium that's going to cost $2.5 billion Players already. Players had nothing to so do that's, with that. that's a $5 billion um, stadium that's going to cost. And that's it's not just the Rams and the Chargers player. It's the entire league they want to uh, to put in money there. The other thing they're talking about is potentially adding a 17th game. Uh, it, it's kind of like... You know what? We're not going to get sell the 18 games. We might be able to get the 17 games. Maybe throw in an extra bye week uh, here or there as well. It's a lot of interesting negotiations going down uh, in the uh, owners' meetings. And from what we've been told, it sounds like the owners of the Steelers and the Patriots and the old old crew guys don't want to add any more games. They don't want to mess with what they got right now. And the plenty. new and the new owners like Jerry Jones and like the Cronkies of the world, they're the ones that want the extra games for the extra revenue to come through. But uh, very interesting in the NFL, they're like, hey, well, what if we give you 49% uh, of the revenue to the players, but actually that 2% you're getting is actually going to come back to us to fill in that stadium in L.A. that we can't afford. Because like I said, the NFL Players Association is not going to buy into that. And as far as the 18 games, I knew that was never going to go. I don't think the 17 is going to go. Why would you want to play an odd number of games, first of all? I mean, 16 has been that way for a long time. It used to be 14. Prior to that, it was 12. 16 is great. You got your preseason games. Maybe you want to wipe out two weeks of preseason, but I'm not sure the owners would want to do that. Uh, But then you got the playoffs. I mean, these people, 
it's easy when you're walking around in a suit and tie, Braden, right. and making these decisions. But when you haven't gone through it as a player or gone down into the locker room after a game and see what these guys look like after a three-hour train wreck, I mean, it's unbelievable. People have no idea. It's like when I was the GM of the soccers, I, and I'd gone into years for watching Julie V and Brian Quinn and Zoltan Toth and all those great indoor players back in the 80s here in San Diego. I never realized it until I was the general manager and I would go in there after games and see what it was like looking at my players after an indoor game, going into the boards and, and flying around on that AstroTurf. I mean, these kids take a beating. And the guys in the NFL, it's like a three-hour train wreck each and every week. I, I don't want to compare what I have done to the NFL, but I'm going to tell you right now, the, the Saturday after a high school football game, I mean, your body felt awful. I mean, I felt like I went through, like, a war or whatever, but, but I was sore all over the place in places I didn't know I was sore at. I can't <laughs> imagine college football the next day and then on top of that the national football league where everybody's bigger faster stronger the collisions are the collisions huge. are unbelievable i mean every single play and these guys don't feel it during the game because it's all adrenaline when you play football you don't really feel a lot of pain because you know you're going through i mean you feel some pain but you got a lot of adrenaline going uh, but the day after and as soon as you start you know coming down from that high of playing Man, is it is it a rude awakening for your body? And anybody, I know a lot of people out here that listen played some high school football. Anybody that's never played football before, you have no idea the, the, the next day. And I'm telling you right now, I have no idea what it's like to play college football or the NFL. I can only imagine how beat up their bodies are on Monday morning or Sunday morning after a Saturday or, or, or Sunday uh, showcase for uh, NFL and college football. You know, I know Jerry Jones played at Arkansas, okay? He played at Arkansas. I don't think Stan Kroenke's ever taken a snap at center uh, as a quarterback. I don't think Dean Spanos was a hard-driving uh, 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 fullback in his days growing up in Stockton. People have no idea what these players go through. I do because I, I watched uh, uh, these guys for years here with the Chargers uh, being in their locker room and watching what they did and a lot of other guys, a lot of other locker rooms uh, I've been in over the years. And these guys, and you're right, uh, not only at the high school level, but more so at the college and pro level, these guys take a tremendous beating. And wanting to add games, I think, is a bad idea. When we come back, we'll get back to more of your phone calls, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I do want to talk about the Lakers a little bit. I know it was only preseason, but, man, they look pretty good. I'll tell you more about that when we return. Coach John Cantera heading to 3 o'clock today in the Gwen and Chris program right here on 97.3 The Fan. Yeah. 2.22, the time on a Thursday. Hope everyone having a great uh, day out there. We'll be back in tonight with our high school football show, 9 to 11. And uh, we'll uh, tell you before we get out of here, we got some uh, special guests in studio tonight. We also have a couple of the head coaches going to join us by phone. And, of course, tomorrow night uh, we'll uh, be up there at Cathedral Catholic. The Gwen and Chris program will be up there on the campus of Cathedral Catholic starting at 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock. And then yours truly and Braden Soprenant will have the uh, play-by-play. And, again, if you're out and about, uh, you can listen to it, obviously, on 97.3 The Fan. But you can also uh, download the Radio.com app and not only get our Thursday night high school football show, the Friday night football game, but you can also get all of our talk shows as well. Uh, we're going to get back to your phone calls. I want to get into the Lakers here a little bit as well. But I'm going to duck in Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, you're next up with Coach John Cantero. Welcome to the program today. How you doing? Pretty good, Sean. Except that you're so lucky. 
getting kind of cold here. Uh-huh. I wish I was a bear. <laughs> well, hey, you I know what? You can always work on moving out here. A lot of people retire out here in Southern California, Mitch. I'm not the boss. Don't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be a bear and just sleep for four months because after baseball is over and it's winter, oh, that's how it feels like. Um, we're staying cranky. Should we take up a collection? Come on. It's like any other business. You can't be – you got to fix it. Dad's going right through. He'll, he'll get back in, in due time. Um with the Padres, I say I have to go for two out of these three guys I want to mention. Martinez and the two pitchers, Strasburg and Cole, especially Cole. I, w- I would think that would help beat Jimenez. They got a new stadium, right? It's a new stadium, 10, 15 years old. Go for it. Yeah, you're talking about uh, spending another $100 million in payroll. God, it's a tax write-off. I think he's already hit behind uh, Manny Machado. Manny Machado. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Help. I mean, J.D. Martinez, he's a good hitter. There's no question about that. But he's kind of given ground on, on defense. I, I don't think you can pay him $25 million a year. Uh, three years? I mean, you're paying Myers. I mean, you're stuck with him. Yeah, that's I mean, the problem. You're, you're stuck right? with Will Myers right now. That's the problem, Mitch. I mean, you can't pay Myers and, and go after J.D. Martinez and then go after Cole. I mean, between Cole and Strasburg, you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood to 60 to uh, probably about uh, $65 million a year for those two guys. This, this is Strasburg. Take note, this is his first real good year. And I think he got the shot. I think he had shot, but they were in quite a while. Anyway... Hopefully it's something, something that happens that materializes. Well, I hope the, I hope they're able to get something done, Mitch. Thank you as always very much for the phone call. You have a great day and uh, good luck there uh, uh, in Chicago or New Jersey, I should say. Uh, Gary from uh, Chicago is the one that calls me, and then Mitch calls me uh, from New Jersey, and George calls me from uh, New York. Uh, all these guys listen all the time on our Radio.com app. So, uh, you know, we got them uh, all over the place. I love the call earlier. I think it was Rick Braden. said he got into a car in Orange County and our station was on. He goes, hey, that's where the guy went. He's on the air right now. How about that? Yeah, what a, what a, what's, what luck right there. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I just love that uh, every, uh, almost seems like every car in a car dealership has our uh, station tuned on it. Yeah, you know, my uh, son-in-law works at Discount Tire. He said, uh, uh, like, last week there was one a day where, like, four cars in a row, he, he's pulling in and, and having his guys uh, pull him in, and they were listening to 97.3 The Fan. And uh, he said to the one guy, oh, you listen to The Fan? Oh, yeah, I love the coach, love the coach. He goes, well, you know what? The coach is my father-in-law. The guy, <laughs> guy started interrogating my son-in-law while he was buying tires from Discount Tire. But, uh, boy, that's a great company, i got to tell you. Hey, I want to get to the Lakers. Now, I know you didn't watch the game last night. You're out and about. And I don't know if you had some girl you were with last night or, or what the I'm gonna be frank, story I played, was. I, I went and played men's softball, so it wasn't like I was uh, living it up out there. And, uh, but it's always a good time at the Poway Sportsplex. El, no Ello last night. Ello usually plays with us. He was uh, he was on the IL, I guess. Was he? Well, not really. He, he had a show. At the, yeah, our game was at up. 7, so he had to play do a show. Uh, I felt bad for the team we were playing. I got up three times in the first inning. Um, but once they figure out how to pitch, they're going to be in good shape. You guys run roll them? Uh, yeah, we were up like 20 to, I think we won like 26 to three or something like that. Wow. And we're not very good either. So it's not like we're out there just, you know, uh, I had to purposely get out a couple times, you know, just to keep the game moving. Could cost you an opportunity to make the all league team. I know. Well, I did hit a triple yesterday and then, uh, I let somebody pass me on the bases just to get to the next inning. Cause it was just never, no one was going to get any outs, but I told the other team, I was like, Hey guys, 
I know you haven't been playing very long. Uh, once you figure out uh, somebody that can go out there and pitch for you, you guys, you guys are going to get a lot better out here, and you're going to start scaring some teams. They had a lot of athletic kids out there. In fact, one of their players uh, was the Rancho Bernardo uh, football quarterback in like 2011. He had a he had a cannon, he had a hose. I haven't seen anybody throw that hard at the Poway Sportsplex, but he he threw one from the track and hit the guy at one bounce at home plate. It was nice. There's some pretty good uh, ball players that play in some of those. Uh... Uh, slow pitch softball leagues around San Diego. A lot, of, a lot of good athletes in this town. Okay, I want to get to the Laker game last night. They played at Staples. It was a third of four games they're playing in the preseason against Golden State. Last night they won 126-93. to The Lakers now 3-2. and two. They'll close it out tomorrow night up at Chase Center, that brand-new arena up there in uh, uh, the Bay Area, and they'll go against uh, Steph Curry and company. Now, Curry didn't play last night in this game. Uh, they gave him a little rest last night. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, who's been out all of uh, preseason with a stress reaction in his left ankle, he's making progress. He's out shooting around, doing a pretty good job. Lakers last night shot 59.8% from the field. They were 15 to 30 on three-pointers. Our buddy Jared Dudley, uh, Braden, uh, he'd been down with a quad, but he played last night. Uh, hit two shots, both three-pointers, so he had six points in the ball game last night. LeBron last night played 25 minutes, had 18 points, four rebounds, 11 assists. He threw an unbelievable no-look pass to a player over in the corner. The guy canned a three-ball. Uh, three uh, Anthony Davis, 28 minutes last night, only three and nine shooting. He got that, that sprained thumb. But he played last night, had 10 rebounds, 8 assists. The, one of the good things last night was Avery Bradley, who they brought in, who's a lockdown defender. Last night had 18 points, 7 of 9 shooting. He was 4 of 5 on 3-pointers. That's good to see. And the two big guys to go along with Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, who's a great energy player, last night 12.6 rebounds. And the guy that has really surprised me, Braden, is Dwight Howard. Howard last year, a variety of problems. He had back surgery. He played in a total of nine games last year with the Orlando Magic. Last night he played 15 minutes, 13.7 rebounds, and he has really played well during the preseason. Now, uh, Frank Vogel still has some decisions to be made. As of today, the Lakers still had 20 players on their roster. They've got to get down to 15, and uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see who gets cut. But Lakers, I think, are going to be a lot better than people thought. I mean, I really like what I see. The other thing, and I want to talk to Tony about this today, maybe on our crossover if we have time. You know, as well as Dwight Howard's playing right now, I know his first time in L.A. was not good. He was a baby, and they eventually, you know, he went on to Houston. That didn't work out. He's bounced around like a, a rubber ball the last few years. But, you know, I was thinking DeMarcus Cousins, but then, you know, he tore his Achilles. But I'm going to tell you right now, the way Dwight Howard's playing, I think this is probably a better guy right now for the Lakers than a, uh, a DeMar uh, DeMarcus Cousins because it looks like to me Dwight Howard's still got a little spring, and he's got something to prove right now. So if you're a Laker fan, I'll always look forward to taking your phone calls. I will tell you, I've seen Golden State play three times. Whew. Going to be a long year, I think, for uh, Steve Kerr. They're going to win their fair share of games. We've got guys like Curry and Draymond Green, but – Man, uh, Golden State doesn't look real good right now. And, again, they didn't play all their guys last night. Curry was out. Draymond Green did play. But I look at the West right now, I think the Lakers got a chance. I really think the Lakers got a chance. The Lakers are going to be a better team than I thought when we heard they were going to get Anthony Davis. Rob Palenka, I think, has put together a pretty good roster for Frank Vogel. And a lot of it's going to depend on health of LeBron and Anthony Davis and, and Dwight Howard. 
But a lot of it's going to depend on if those guys really want to pay the price on the defensive end of the court. When we come back, we'll get back to more of your phone calls. We're going to talk a little college football. Coach John Cantera going to the top of the hour. If you want to dial up, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Thanks for uh, joining us each and every day right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Uh, 237, going to the top of the hour. It'll be uh, Gwen and Chris. Thanks for uh, tuning in daily to San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Again, we'll be in tonight with the high school football show, uh, 9 to 11. And before we get out of here, Braden's going to tell you all the uh, individuals will be a part of the uh, program tonight. We've got uh, uh, three different coaches on. We'll preview a bunch of the big ball games. And speaking of preview, how about uh, let's take a little preview tonight of Thursday night football. I think that's going to be a really good game. I love this matchup tonight. You got the Chiefs going into Denver with a four and two mark. The Broncos now two and four. They've won uh, two in a row. And of course, we're going to have that game for you right here. Kickoff on ninety-seven three. The fan will be at five twenty. Here's the Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. I'm not trying to uh, parlay or, or try to uh, keep up with the score. Uh, with uh, Kansas City, they just got to play one play after another. Tough not to think that a little bit, but, you know, honestly, this game's about doing your job and everybody doing their own individual job and doing it for the guy next to them. And as long as you, you know, as long as we can kind of keep our focus, you know, right here and everybody can, can do that, I think that's the best way to win football games. I like Vic Fangio. Boy, it's taken him a long time to get a head job, and they started out 0-4, but he's got this team uh, playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. Of course, they came in and took down the Chargers and uh, uh, won again the last week at home, so they'll be ready to go tonight. Here's Coach Fangio on the Chiefs' talented group of running backs. Here's Coach Fangio on wishing that we had more practice time to get ready for this Thursday night game. It's a short week. You know, it's, it's rare that um, you do this quick turnaround. Everybody does it once a year. Um, it's hard in that, you know, particularly playing an offense as prolific as this, you know, you'd like to go out there and experience playing against some of their plays, you know, at a at least a practice tempo. You know, we won't be able to do that totally this week. Well, Coach Fangio, believe me, he will have that team uh, ready to roll. And, of course, uh, both these teams know one another very, very well, even though the last couple of years they're in Denver. Vance Joseph was the head coach. Here's Denver starting quarterback Joe Flacco saying, hey, let the chips fall where they may. You know, it doesn't really matter who you're going against and and, and how you think things are going to go. Uh, you just got to go play your game and uh, let things fall where they may. Uh, it's obviously easier said than done. Um, you, you know, you always know who you're going against, you know, as, as a team, and, and uh, it's always in the back of your head. But I really do think the best way to win football games is to focus on, you know, what you're doing and um, everything else will take care of itself. And here's uh, Kansas City head coach Andy Reid, who I'm a big fan of, uh, talking about quickly trying to fix the problems. I understand there's a, there's a small margin between winning and losing in the National Football League. And uh, and so uh, you see this every week. Teams come in and uh, they might not be doing well and they, they turn around. It doesn't happen automatically, though. There's going to be hard work here. And, and uh, we've got to 
fix a fix of the problems. And, and so as coaches, we've got to do that. As players, we've got to do that collectively. As a team, we have to do that. And um, and we're on a short week here, so that's that's what we're working on. You know, at some point in time in his career, I'd like to see Andy Reid win a uh, Super Bowl. He had that one opportunity with Philadelphia. They got beat. He's had some really good teams now in his years with Kansas City, but uh, just can't uh, grab that brass ring. Hey, let's jump over to a little college football. We mentioned uh, UCLA taking on Stanford tonight, but tomorrow night, Friday night, you've got number four Ohio State going to uh, Northwestern. That game's going to be at 5.30 tomorrow night on the Big Ten Network. Here's a head coach of Ohio State, Ryan Day, on Northwestern's influential spread offense. We used to watch all the films. That was how uh, the spread game started. And uh, we came back and called it everything that uh, Kevin Wilson and Coach Walker and everybody called it in Northwestern. That was like the way to run the spread offense. And so uh, Chip went out and visited them and came back with all the different terminology. And I was like the guinea pig quarterback to try to figure it out. And some games and some plays were better than others. Um, but that was that was the start of it. And uh, you know, Kevin Wilson was right on the, the, the front end of that. And um, so... Yeah, the offense that we were running there, all, you know, a lot of it had to do with, with Northwestern. There were other teams, you know, I think uh, Rich Rodriguez was at Clemson at the time and Wake Forest had a part, you know, there was different, you know, um, versions of it, but certainly Northwestern was right on the front end. Well, that Ohio State team really looks good to me, uh, really good. I can't wait for the college football playoffs this year. It's going to be uh, uh, interesting. I do think Alabama and uh, Clemson are still above the rest, but – Boy, Ohio State looks pretty good right now, to say the least. Uh, now, Saturday, got an interesting matchup in the Big Ten. You got number 16, Michigan, going to uh, take on number 7, Penn State. That's going to be a 4.30 kick on ABC. Here's the head coach of the Nittany Lions, James Franklin, on creating challenging environment for Michigan. It's a challenge. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, we're excited uh, to be back in Beaver Stadium. Going on the road and winning is tough. Last, last week we had, to, we had to deal with it. Hopefully we can create an environment here um, that's the toughest environment in all of college football. Well, they've got a, a tremendous uh, group there at, at uh, uh, Beaver Stadium. Uh, James Franklin doing a nice job. i got to tell you, he's one of my least favorite coaches right now in collegiate football. It just kind of bugs me in his press conferences. West Virginia going to uh, – Norman, Oklahoma, to take on number five, Oklahoma. That'll be an early kick at 9 a.m. on Fox. Lincoln Riley, the head coach of the Sooners on West Virginia, being reloaded this season. Had a lot of great battles with West Virginia over the years. You know, they're, they, they, they look obviously a lot different. Uh, you know, new staff, you know, lost some of their uh, kind of their marquee name players here from the last couple of years, but they've, they've certainly reloaded with some talent. Kansas, Les Miles, uh, they're uh, traveling to Austin, Texas to take on number 15, Texas. That's going to be a 4 p.m. kick on the Longhorn Network. Here's Longhorn's head coach Tom Herman on bouncing back from that Oklahoma loss last week. We can learn from that game and, and need to improve on. and um, Got a lot of guys uh, dedicated and, and committed to doing that. And, um, you know, our biggest goal, uh, we, we have completely turned the page. Uh, as a team and um, our sole focus as it should be um, is to do everything within our power to to beat Kansas. Number six, Wisconsin going to travel to Champaign-Urbana, take on the University of Illinois, 9 a.m. on the Big uh, Ten Network. Here's uh, Wisconsin Badger head coach Paul Christon excited to be out on the road. 
always excitement to the to the week and this week we go on the road you know but uh we put a lot of work in and these players go you know you say all off season but you know some of these guys have had to wait maybe a year or two to play you know so um schedule comes out you know which games you got at home you know which games you got on the road and, and you're you're excited for for every one of them Wisconsin's got a really, really good football team. That offensive line, tough again. Jonathan Taylor running the ball. Uh, definitely a guy that hasn't been talked a lot about in the Heisman Trophy uh, race right now. You look at Tua, you look at uh, Jalen Hurts, you look at Joe Burrow there with LSU. But uh, Jonathan Taylor, definitely a guy that deserves uh, serious consideration for what he's getting done this year with the Wisconsin Badgers. You've got number nine, Florida going to, to take on South Carolina. That's going to be an early kick at 9 a.m. on ESPN. Here's uh, Florida head coach Dan Mullen on South Carolina being a really complete football team. Talented team. Uh, obviously a team that's got some, some great playmakers on their offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, you know, run the ball really well. Good offensive front. Uh, able to block defensive line. They got a premier defensive line. Some veteran players at linebacker that are great playmakers. Number two, LSU uh, going to take on Mississippi State. That's a 12:30 kick on CBS. Here's Coach O uh, talking about how his uh, team deserves top tier consideration. We want to be mentioned in one of the top teams in the country. I want our guys to get Heisman, but inside our room, it's about fundamentals, about the task at hand and beat Mississippi State, but it does do something for your program. Uh, that's why you come to LSU, you want the expectations to be high, but you also want to meet those expectations, but that doesn't mean a hell of beans that you go to Mississippi State and not play well. So we have a lot riding on the line. It's one game at a time, and Mississippi State's at our way. Well, I got to tell you, LSU uh, right now looks really good. I mean, Joe Burrow's given them something they haven't had for years, and that's an offense, and uh, definitely uh, one of the top candidates for the Heisman Trophy. They've got Tennessee traveling to take on the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. That's going to be a 6 p.m. kick on ESPN. Here's Coach Saban on significance of a rivalry game. Well, I think rivalry games you know, are interesting to the fans. You know, there's a lot of fans that have a lot of passion about their school. And when you play in rivalry games, I think that passion actually heightens. Uh, I think you hope the passion certainly does that with the players who are participating. Um, and hopefully it'll be the case with our team and our players, uh, realizing the significance of this game and how important it is to to so many of us internally and externally um, and I think it creates a lot of interest. And uh, I know this has always been a big game for Alabama folks and certainly a big game for us. Uh, good stuff out of uh, Nick Saban. Uh, Braden, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question here because I made a comment during those. I'm not a big James Franklin fan, the head coach at Penn State. There's something about that guy that just kind of bugs me, okay? Um, and I want you to take Gary Patterson out of the equation because you work for Gary Patterson have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Who are your? Do you have a couple of favorite coaches in college football? And there are a couple of guys, probably my two least favorite coaches right now in college football, are Tom Herman at Texas 
And uh, without a doubt, James Franklin of Penn State. Well, I'm trying to get my biases out of it, of course. Uh, you know, playing for or not playing for Gary, but working with Gary Patterson. Um, you know, you told me to throw him out of the out right. of the loop. But as of right now, you know, he probably be my favorite head coach. I I really like Nick Saban. I like the, what he does. Um, you know, he's kind of hard nosed, but he, he he has his program to a point where it's like you don't like him because they win, but you respect him because they win. And, and I I don't like. I it, it I used to hate Alabama, but now the way they run things and how they do everything, they don't have any players that talk smack. They don't have any guys doing extracurricular things. They're not guys in the media uh, with the press clippings or calling other teams out. They just go and do their business. They just go and they play football, and it's it's it, the program they have at Alabama is is top notch. So uh, Nick Saban has to be one of my top coaches. Um, you know, I really like uh, I really like Dana Holgerson when he was at West Virginia. Uh, he's having some tough sledding right now. Uh, you know, at Houston, I like um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, I don't know how I could potentially blank on his name. Washington State, Mike Leach. Mike I really Leach. love Mike Leach for his uh, his comments in the media. But in terms of football coaches, I I mean, I, Nick Saban's the uh, the quote-unquote bench. I, I really think uh, Ed Ogeron's doing a really good job at LSU, too, and I love all of his uh, interviews he does. He just, he just ends everything with Go Tigers. <laughs> well, you know, the thing that I, I like about uh, Saban is a no-nonsense guy, and that's what I love about Rocky Long. You know, I, I tell a story, and I've done it for years. You know, when Rocky Long was at New Mexico, I was doing the Aztec games, and I used to be in charge each week of interviewing the opposing coach. So, you know, on Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, I'd uh, call up New Mexico, they'd put Rocky on the, the phone, and I'd interview him. And I would always get off and go tell the guys in our sports pit, say, man, I love that guy from New Mexico, Rocky Long. I wish he'd come to San Diego. Well, I eventually got my wish. And Rocky Long's done an incredible job at San Diego State. And, uh, you know, we got to get Rocky on the program. I know he's a, a man that gets pulled in a variety of different directions, but we got to get him on the program. Big uh, Rocky Long fan. Used to do his uh, talk show for a couple of years. Uh, and we'd go out to a restaurant on a Thursday night, and just what a down-to-earth guy. I like those guys that don't take themselves too serious, and, and they just are, are there because they love coaching. I mean, Rocky Long's made quite a bit of money in his lifetime. He could be uh, sitting down in, in Ocean Beach, uh, you know, watching the waves break against the shore, but he loves coaching college football. And, and the thing that I like, like uh, Saban, he holds players accountable. That's something that you don't necessarily see all the times uh, uh, with several programs around uh, college football right now. I mean, some coaches look the other way because they don't want to lose that star player. Again, I, I know I'm biased to uh, Coach Patterson and everything he's done at TCU, but he, he gave this speech a handful of times in every season that I worked for him and we were there uh, about how he could care less about you know the, the wins and losses at the end of the year, but how he evaluates his team he evaluates it years down the road when they come back, when they have families of their own, when they have other careers that are not football, when they're out in the world being good members of society uh, and being nice uh, you know, young men and, and men uh, in the community. That, that's when he really prides himself on his team. He, he loves when players come back, and it doesn't matter what occupation they may be doing at the time, but when they come back and they say, hey, you know what, I got a new – um, you know, I just had a newborn son or I, you know, I'm doing insurance sales or I'm doing this and they, he wants to see how they're doing as a person, uh, you know, more than, you know, just being a football player and that he gets a lot of guys to come back all the time year after year and do things like that. And I believe that's really uh, the true point of being a college football coach is developing young men, not just on the football field, but on, on outside the football field as well. And I think the top coaches in, in college football are, are the guys that do that. 
I wonder if he'll ever leave TCU. He's had a few opportunities. He's got four years left, he says. Four years left, he and said then he's that shutting he's, it down? He said six years ago, you know, in a, in a in one of our meetings or what have you, like, he says it every year, and every year it goes down. He's like, I got that, and then I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'll pass it on to somebody else. Um, but I think eventually he's going to just retire. He, he, TCU won't get rid of him because they're they're at the school. The school is where it's at right now because of him, because of him taking the football program to a Rose Bowl and what have you. I mean, I think California students have passed Texas students at TCU now officially. There's more kids at TCU that are from California than are from Texas, which is kind of bizarre, uh, but it's true. And uh, they've built that school, and they're doing so many new projects all around the school. And it's based on the football program, and it's based off Coach Gary Patterson. He gets the coach there until he wants to retire. It's just a matter of when he will want to retire. Because I'm telling you right now, he loves coaching football more than anything else in this world. Yeah, he's a good coach, and I'm a big Saban fan uh, and a big Rocky Long fan. Uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a guy like Tom Herman and James Franklin, not not big fans of theirs. We'll see where their careers go. Herman uh, doing a good job, not a great job at Texas. Believe me, they will not tolerate uh, losing three or four games a year very long down there in Texas. The other uh, situation at Penn State, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Franklin, uh, because he's done a good job, he may take another job. He's one of those guys that I think is going to be a little bit of a job jumper. We'll see uh, uh, what ends up going on. Okay, let's get uh, right down to our Hang a Star play of the day. What play separated the winners from the losers? It's time for the Hang a Star play of the day. You can hang a star on that, baby. A 97.3 The Fan. Gets knocked free. Manson recovers. Gets it ahead to Senator Silverberg. Played to Henrique. 15 seconds left in the period. Pumquad to Henrique. He scores! What a play! What a play! Pumquad! Through a small opening, got the puck ahead to Henrique, who just shot it as soon as he got it. And it beats Linus Olmark to give Anaheim a two-goal lead, 4-2. to two. That was the Hang a Star play of the day on the John Cantera Show on 97.3 The Fan. One of my favorite broadcasters in Southern California, Steve Carroll, on the call last night, and we briefly mentioned it earlier when we were talking with Kevin Deneen, the head coach of the Gulls. Anaheim Ducks win it last night 5-2 to two over the Buffalo uh, Sabres. Uh, the Ducks now 5-2 and two on the year. The Buffalo Sabres 5-1-1. One one. Uh, centerman Andem uh, Harik, uh, two goals last night. Getzloff had a goal. Ricard uh, Raquel had a goal and assist. Jacob Silverberg, a big empty netter to close it out. And John Gibson, who we saw a few years ago here in San Diego, he had 21 saves last night. Tomorrow night at the Honda Center, 7 o'clock, Carolina Hurricanes in to take on the Anaheim uh, Mighty Ducks. They're no longer mighty. They're just the Ducks. And tonight uh, up at Staples, the Sabres will uh, skate against the L.A. Kings at 7.30 again at Staples. And tomorrow night we've got the Gulls home opener at the Pachanga Arena. So I'll look forward to that. That'll be at 7 o'clock. Braden, uh, you and I are going to be back here tonight, 9 to 11, with our high school football show. Tell everyone real quickly uh, what's on tap. Well, on tap, we'll have both coaches from the uh, Charity Bowl slash Holy Bowl. That would be, of course, Sean Doyle of Cathedral Catholic and Joe Kramer of St. Augustine, uh, the two head football coaches. Then at 9.30, we're going to be joined by Coach Drew Wessling live in studio with a couple players from the Hilltop Lancers. We'll also have reports from Drew Cowell in the North County and Adam Paul in the East County, and of course, we'll break down all the new CIF rankings, the uh, Union Tribune rankings, Cal Preps, and uh, preview some of the games that are uh, this weekend. Uh, we're full of a lot of 
big league games and a lot of league games that uh, have uh, league championship implications. And, of course, we'll also talk about the resignation earlier this week of uh, Commissioner Jerry Schneep and Assistant Commissioner John Labita. This hour's Grand Slam giveaway keyword is Bubbles. Text Bubbles, B-U-B-B-L-E-S, to 72881 for your chance to win your share of $160,000 in the Fans National Cash Contest. Message and data rate supply. Good luck from 97.3 The Fan. Again, Bubbles, B-U-B-B-L-E-S, and text it to 72881. For Braden Soprano, Rich Herrera, Adam Klug, Gwyn and Chris coming up next. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Again, I'll be back in tomorrow at 12 o'clock right here on 97.3 The Fan. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading the John Quintero Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.